0: Cut it before I say good. No, cut it after say goodbye, but before mm. I say I'm
1: going with the basics. <laughs> no, I'm keeping up going with the basics. Okay, who knows? Fine. This is this is a problem for future me to For deal with. future minute, yeah. <laughs> for okay.
2: two weeks, you... minute to deal with. What's up, guys? Welcome back to Overinspected! the greatest speedkeeping podcast in the world. You've heard me say that. Let's see, three times now, maybe four times. Anyways, I am your host Michael Try and my co-hosts Manu, aka Five Kids Zero, and we also have Carrie, aka Carrie K H. That's a lot of A's that I'm saying there. Um, Hello, McCann. Is that a lot of A's?
1: Like Carrie
2: A. Oh, I see what you're saying. A as in the vowels, like the Uh, pronunciation. Right, right, right. Okay. Yeah, the vowels. Blame my parents. Don't blame me. Speaking of pronunciation. Um, just something that me and Manu have been like, kind of like dealing with in in a sense, like when we were going to trivia night, we were at a bar, um, I think a couple weeks ago. And then there's this song portion of trivia and we were talking about what it means to be a rhyme. Oh no. (laughs) (laughs) Look, we'll we'll do a quick, this is the first time. What it it means to be a rhyme. So we pull up Eminem, lose yourself, right? So what was, what was the lyrics to how it goes? Um, it was spaghetti. Are... Mom's oh, no, no, spaghetti. No, no, no. It was rabbity and rabbit or whatever. Yeah. yeah he's yeah, yeah. a weak. Oh, there goes gravity. Oh, there goes rabbit he. Is that a rhyme, Carrie? It's a slant is... rhyme. Right? There we go. What's a what's a slant rhyme? I explained this to you it... weeks ago. A slant well, rhyme like is a fake it... rhyme. It's so like it's an rhyme. imperfect rhyme.
0: Yeah. I mean, I th- it's been what seven years since I was in high school, so I remember like English class. They talked about like a oh, slant rhyme is is when it's not a perfect like the the syllables don't exactly line up, but you have the, the same vowel sound.
2: Up. The oh, syllables no- okay. do line up though. Gravity okay. and rabbit he. What
0: do you think? Well, yeah, I, I think you ha- you have the vowel sounds lining up. Yeah, the, the consonants are different. Okay, and I should go.
2: Ask my friend
0: Boynevan. But actually.
2: Oh. Cause I know that he's oh, talked yeah. about this a lot. Oh yeah, I watch Boyne Band. That's cool.
1: Okay, well maybe we can finally get a definitive answer to this dumb, 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 well, okay. dumb, dumb, dumb question. Alright. All
2: right. Anyways, I was just trying to figure out if an imperfect <laughs> rhyme is still called a rhyme. You know, but that was that was the little tangent there. Anywho, <laughs> back to the topic at hand. Today's podcast episode, as you may be able to tell from the title to you audio listeners and you video listeners, um, we're talking about competitions once again, but it's a little bit different. We're in a, you know, in a COVID world, some could say in a post-COVID world, round of applause, guys.
1: Yeah?
2: I don't know. Post- I don't round know. round of
1: applause? I mean... Kind of? The...
2: Okay. I it's guess endemic. to be honest, guy. I... yeah, it's kind of a, it is endemic, actually. Isn't that a phrase? Yeah, yeah. Like... What does endemic mean? Like just within the area.
0: I think it's like in contrast to epidemic, which means it grows with each new day. Endemic means it's gonna like just stay constant each day. Oh, is 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 the
1: flu endemic?
0: Yeah, the flu is endemic. Okay. Yeah. There's also the. We still need to get our flu shots.
2: That's yeah,
1: mean, None of us are but, immunologists or virologists, so we have no idea what we're talking about as always.
2: But I mean, the point yeah. of it, as you guys will probably be able to tie together, is how COVID-19 has affected competitions. Um, but really, uh, from a logistical standpoint, as an organizer and a delegate, what's kind of mind-blowing is how all the competitions that have been announced during this period of two years has been fulfilled like and filled to a, a max capacity within instantly i would even i would say like one minute is an exaggeration but it's not that's the crazy part so yeah we're just kind of discussing this a little bit more yeah oh do well, you have I any think, thoughts carry uh, i was just
0: gonna say that it'll be interesting to hear uh you two's perspective on this because i have never organized a comp so i don't know what it's like on the other side of this process but i'm curious because yeah like i do notice it filling up within a
1: couple minutes um right
2: yeah i don't know know. have you have you organized any
1: yeah well not 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 any of the covid comps because i was not in not in california for good majority and now i'm back but now i'm way too busy with work to organize anything but like what's crazy is the like because i heard about this like happening when when comps were first coming back i think i think there were a couple comps early last year early 2021 um especially the northeast ones right people were saying that the, that the competitions filled up in five minutes. And so pre COVID, this was basically never a problem. This, this never happened. And like, you know, even if like you had like a 200 person, 200 person cap, even if you had like, like a 50 person cap, it would take, a, it would take a couple days at like the fastest was like a couple days to fill up an, an entire competition of maybe 50 people. But these competitions were like hundred, 150, then they were just instantly filled. Um, So I first heard about it and I'm like Something is really really weird here Because that's just not what people used to do So what has changed?
2: Right Um, Well first What has changed It's kind of It's it's like two things happening And working together So the first thing I think that has changed Is we have more cubers And we've talked about it a lot In COVID-19 um, with all the YouTube content that already currently existed for cubing in fact I think many people would argue that YouTube content probably plateaued even before the pandemic like it plateaued in a sense of like just efficiency Releasing a bunch of videos that provide exposure to cubing stuff like that with all the youtubers um, And then you know those were videos that people would go to when they were bored at home in the pandemic everyone that I talked to um, like on twitch for example they'd be like oh i just started like eight months ago oh i just started two two weeks ago stuff like that uh, you know even today like oh i just started cubing a few weeks ago and it's just because of you know covid forcing people to find something else to do and finding yeah. some interest i mean that's how how all, all of us started right Those yeah Rubik's cubes yeah it's just like you know yeah. like
1: i'm bored or my parents were like this kid is annoying we need to get him to do something else so let's just give him something to do so yeah and and because all of this is already there right all the tutorials everything and it's not I feel like it's different from um, when I started which was like 2012 2013 because the content that's out there is much more polished now I remember back then there we would there would be like maybe three videos that would tell you three different things on what to do I remember I think there was one video, which was the Dan Brown video, which was very, very yeah. popular. Everybody watched that video back in the day. Everybody used that, that solving style. And then later on, I only found out, okay, like there's also like this video by this bad MFisto guy who I've, I've, we've talked about before, which was more of like a cfop method. And then there was, I think there was another video, video I was watching, which was, I think that was my first introduction to like alternate methods, but that might've been a Petrus video. But in any case, like, you know, there were all three of these back in the day and you couldn't really tell like which one was like best f- for beginners or not but now there's like a lot more sus- I-, I feel like everything is kind of condensed a lot more everything like fills into the cfop funnel a lot better now
0: yeah wait i wanted to also point out just like to add some data to this whole argument so okay, okay. let's hear it yeah uh, perfect for sack cubing 11 i guess i guess we couldn't say that we're all going because it's public online. yeah yeah um, we are yeah. So I'm just looking at the competition website, it says that out of the 125 competitors 57 are first-timers mm-hmm. which Wait, can you are... can, can you repeat that? <laughs> How many? <laughs> out of 125 57 are first-timers Which is about a little less than half half. Yeah, yeah, just about half So that's kind of crazy because if you think about it, you only get to be a first-timer for one comp Right, so like you can kind of argue that maybe the number of competitors is, is sort of like doubling across COVID. Right, it, it's, it's half really the crazy. Competitors, this is their first time.
1: Dude, it's, it's totally insane because when I, when I heard about, you know, like competitions are instantly filling, right? The people who like, like new timers don't know what to do, right? Usually like, like I remember when I was like starting out, like I would, I didn't know where to go to see like where the competitions were going to be uploaded. I just heard about it from someone at one comp that I went to. Oh, hey, there's going to be a comp that's sort of nearby. Um, like three, like a month from now or like three months from now, here's the website, go and register. And only after like doing that for like, you know, three or four comps, oh, I realized, oh, they're all going to be on this website. So I can just check this website, but like for a new timer to be able to do that. And for this many new timers to be able to do it. It's just insane. Like, especially in the world where comps, comps are filling within like 15 minutes, 30 minutes, like you have to be refreshing the page and it's just like. Okay, like I know that this competition is gonna happen. I don't know I don't I don't know how they do it, but I guess it's experience from yeah. getting locked out of other comps.
2: Well, that's the thing. Yeah. So that is the second part to this equation. One, we have more cubers and I think the amount of the amount of new cubers we have is exponentially higher than before. Like the the people that have coming in, it's just much more than how people used to flood in before. Mm-hmm. Um, but the second part of this equation is actually something that like I understand, but if you guys ever heard of the proximity rule um, in the World Cup Association. So if you're familiar, it's not, um, yeah, it's somewhere within the regulations about how often you can hold a competition. Um, and it's based off of the amount of time that is elapsed, uh, about 19 days, about the distance away it is, which is about hundred kilometers or such. Um, I think there's precise numbers. I'm not, I'm just going off the top of my head. We have to reference it a lot. But basically, if your competition breaks the proximity rule, you can't hold that competition. So the proximity rule is in place to kind of spread out the amount of competitions that we have. So I'm not a huge fan of the proximity rule. I think that at the end of the day is hindering what I want to do in terms of growing the Ruby community, but it cannot be denied that part of the reason that all the comps have been filling up so quickly is because during COVID, we didn't have that many competitions. Yeah, The no demand, competitions. Yeah, the demand for competitions from the same people that are not New Cubers is exponentially higher. Right. If I announce a competition in Wisconsin, people from California, people from New York, people from Florida, they're all gonna try and register to try and fly in because that's the only comp that's gonna happen.
1: Right, right. I think the other thing which plays into it is like and not only are we having less competitions not only are there more people who are either interested in coming to this competition because they're new or interested in coming to this competition because we we haven't had any but the amount of people we can have in the space is also decreased because of covid Mm -hmm. rules right like i think in california or something i don't remember the exact number but the amount of people we could have in like any given space was cut by a factor of two so that means that if you could have a competition with 200 people, you now you can't have 200 people anymore. You can only have a hundred people. So you're, you're, so that's like saying like, okay, like there was a competition that happened with 200 people. You pick one out of every second person or like one out of every two people and say, sorry, you're actually not allowed to compete, which is insane, right? Like it's, it's an yeah. insane like level of like, okay, like you're not allowed to compete anymore. So if, I guess it's like a, it's a supply demand type thing where the supply is, is really, really low. The demand is really, really high. So then I guess like the value of the registration spot, if you want to think of it that way, has increased. Which then makes me makes you feel like, okay, like I need to be on it. I need to I need to register quickly. It's, I don't know, a very yeah. interesting phenomenon. Well I think this whole conversation is
0: making me think about how uh Cuban comps compared to other hobbies or at least competitions, is pretty like open ended in that anyone can just register. And I'm not saying we should do this, but I know that, you know, you can't just join like a chess championship if you're a newbie, right? Like you probably have to Okay, you guys might know this more than me, but I'm sure in other hobbies you have to like prove that you're of a certain level and like qualify before yeah, getting- I mean in.
2: that's 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 a thing in most places and truth be told, that's a conversation that is like constantly held. We practice that for worlds, Nats, Continentals. True. Like you can't just sign up for mix as a first timer at Nats without a qualification result. Wait, yeah. right? I'm trying to remember the last Nats off the top of my head. I think so. There was a qualification for Nats. I, I'm pretty sure all of it. Yeah, not. I had some qualification. Yeah, yet. but anyways, I mean, lower than that, no. I think on the regional level, I don't see any qualifications implemented yet, but that is something that, you know, I mean, Carrie, you can continue, but yeah, definitely in oh. the conversation.
0: Yeah, I'm not saying we should do that because it does kind of add to the level of elitism, and I think you know, the only thing we're trying to do as speedcubers right now is to just grow the community mm-hmm. and not make this new kid feel like they have another hurdle to jump over before they can get their first comp experience. Right. Yeah. Um, but like, yet, yeah, if you think about it, there just aren't many other places where like a 10 year old kid can co- compete on the same stage as Max Park. That That is quite inclusive. So, yeah. you know, props yeah, to the, the community other... for being that open.
1: Yeah, I mean, the only other community I can think of, which even comes close to that, I think is, I think in some Smash communities. Uh, and th- those are like really, really small locals. I think only then in those do you even have the chance to like play against like someone who's like, you know, like world ranked or whatever, just as a total rando, first time competing in a Smash tournament, first time even playing Smash, I think you you have to have like no skill whatsoever using to have your tag and you can <sighs> just show up. So I think, the, but even that is like a really, really small level, like, even but like for for example like all of those 57 first timers right all of them this weekend or at least when we're recording this weekend are going to compete with max park right like are arguably yeah. the greatest cuber of all time the greatest cuber right now at least so they have uh, yeah the it's to a, beat him
2: i mean yeah in some in some sense they do well i also think it's quite beautiful that we have a system in place where you can have people like a uh I mean, I mean, she's on the rink. I mean, we can't have someone like a Heidi Chan. We can't have a Brendan Dunnigan, right? Like, oh, yeah. They just pop out of nowhere. Like, right. hey, yeah. I'm sub-seven, <laughs> you know? Um, you know, that, that I think, is a very beautiful and organic thing. Um, I mean, for example, I just held a competition in San Luis Obispo. Not my greatest competition, but there was this guy that got 90-something in the world for 5x5 average. Yeah. That is nuts oh and then yeah that is nuts and then uh, and then like i'll expose myself a little bit here for that competition um in he he took it so serious and this is something where i kind of see the growth of the community kind of turning more competitive and it just is it makes me feel a little bit queasy to think about but that same kid got not so great and average in the finals and he was crying profusely, and then oh, for me, I felt so bad because I provided that ne- I provided the space for that negative experience for him. It already was, I don't think, a very well-run comp, objectively speaking. And the kid was just bawling and crying, and it was like everyone could hear him. And he was a kid; he was like, I don't know, not very old guys. He, you know, um, you can imagine how they can cry and you know not be able to control themselves or you know stuff like that. It's just emotional, right? And that's how cubing has become almost hyper competitive. Mm. Um, So the same thing that allows that, you know, that beauty of just having this first timer be super competitive and surprise everyone. And just, you know, kind of like, I'm here. um, With that growth also comes the situation where people are extremely upset with their results. And that's just like, you know, that's not why I go to comps for the results for the most part, but I mean, that's part of it.
1: Yeah. Um, I don't know yeah I, I wonder if there's like some amount of uh, not not with this particular person but i wonder if there's a some amount of play where it's like okay like if i register for this competition you know and like i somehow get in because you know it's difficult to to you know be able to register for a competition nowadays i wonder if it's just like you know this is my chance right whereas like yeah it, it's exactly, an it's like an yeah. opportunity right where you you have to consider like okay like the next comp is not going to come around for a while and even if it does come around like you know like two three months from now I, I might I might do all I can to register, but if the site crashes or, you know, I'm, I'm a couple minutes late or whatever, you might not even be able to get in no matter how good you are, right? So I wonder if that, that like... I, I guess, like, you know,
2: this competition overflow, which is what we're talking about. I wonder if that has to play in with any of this stuff. No, it, like, totally. And then, you know, you, you bring up a great point. For that person, their experience with cube competitions is... I'm going here and I've been practicing for six months to go to this spot that I Mm -hmm. registered for. Mm -hmm. And then I'll have one more, maybe two months from now. And after that, I don't know where in the past, that wasn't a problem. In fact, in the past, we held a comp like more than once a month sometimes. And we would have a spreadsheet of all the events that we would do. So we would hold each one with a proper distribution. So competitors wouldn't have to worry about that having more competitions so this is all that kid knows this Mm -hmm. is the only competition experience that he knows so far and that's part of the reason that i'm just like i feel like dang this is so bad
1: yeah yeah i mean the one thing is like for us you know because we've been in the community for many years you know we've helped like run competitions things like that we know a lot of staff for us like we know that like you know more comps are coming we're not deliberately trying to not hold competitions right but i guess like on the inside is very different than being on the outside looking in where it's like okay like there's like the air of uncertainty right it's like what is going on you know like i don't know when the next thing is going to happen if it does will it be close to me you know i mean there's there's that right and then it's also just like there, there are things like if you're a kid like are my parents free to drive me there like you know will they will they be able to stay with me there things like that so you know a lot of yeah. factors go in but in any case i feel like the whole competition overflow is all is is strictly bad in my opinion i can't really think of of good reason for it to be
0: good right yeah um i I think this is sort of maybe talking about a slightly earlier topic but i was thinking about how you said that you know before covid we never had a problem of competitions overflowing or no i guess more about like kids signing up for a competition thinking this is my one and only chance for the next Mm -hmm. six months or something Mm -hmm. i think it's interesting to think about how back in like 2003, like right at the beginning of the WCA, it was probably similar because back then the community was so small that they just couldn't, or I guess like there just wasn't the sort of demand to host competitions a lot. So it's interesting that the community growing for the first decade caused there to be, you know, more opportunities
1: for Cubers, but now it's grown, grown to the point that like that reversed somehow. Um, I mean, I, I think a, uh... We can, I think it's very easy just to blame everything on COVID, right? It's just like you, it's your fault. If you hadn't come into this, things would be so much easier because yeah. Yeah. I mean, it is true that like, because there's so much more opportunity, so many more people are in the community. I feel like that is also built more opportunities, right? It's like the more people who are into cubing are means that like, you know, more people are interested in helping out like competitions and those people are interested in maybe organizing competitions and then eventually very like down the road becoming delegates you know like financing competitions things like that so i feel like it kind of grows on itself
0: so like it should all scale at the same proportion like yeah Uh, yeah, that's what it should be
2: but uh well i mean i this is like and this is kind of messed up to say but you know i think that being almost benefited from the covid19 pandemic in a sense of how the community will ultimately nourish from it right Mm -hmm. now obviously like the pandemic it was like a you know a ton of bad stuff happening a lot of people lost family members and stuff like that um but keeping was highly like um profiled by a lot of people um there was these things where we had the keeping at homes uh there that's where like the red bull collaboration really started to flourish right Mm -hmm. um and then i'm personally of the belief and twitch grew because of the pandemic but i'm of the belief that Um, Twitch content for cubing is actually the the next step in content creation for cubing Um, That's just my personal belief and then twitch I think the twitch community and the the cubing community could kind of like coexist in a sense and I see that in the future shameless plug Um, It's just growing pains right now. We're at the the what's it called the inflection point of like it being difficult and easy. Right now we're at that inflection point where it's it's at its hardest, but we're going through it right now and we're mm-hmm. about to like really hit our stride as the world continues to slowly go back to a sense of normalcy. Um, I just wanted to shout out real quick. Well, like um, NorCal has been uh, consistently busting out competitions now and it's been better, but I wanted to shout out um, the Rocky region specifically utah and calvin the delegate uh main delegate over there because they've been busting out competition like no one's business um they've been one of the first to really consistently um break that barrier and really not suffer from that delegate fatigue stuff like that Mm -hmm. also shout out to the southeast region the southeast did have quite a few competitions Uh, even at a smaller scale it's just getting the movement getting everyone back into the routine of competitions like huge shout out to those two regions
1: yeah i i think it's interesting to see like because especially with norcal you know we're, we're all like coming back into it now too it really makes it makes you feel like okay like this is like the first step back towards normalcy but that again that's also what we thought uh,
2: about nine months ago so i guess we'll
1: <laughs> little temperate expectations
2: omicron was aggressive i mean yeah. it, it had no business being that aggressive
1: <laughs> yeah yeah it was very rough for a lot of people and of course for cubing as well i think we in norcal we had a couple competitions planned i think we had two competitions planned in january
2: but yeah they, they just got axed mm-hmm yeah well um so let me think for so long story short we talked about how the demand has gotten a lot bigger because we have more cubers right Mm -hmm. And we have less competitions um i did want to go over a little bit just how logistically it was being dealt with so obviously we mentioned how competitions would fill up within five minutes one minute sometimes Mm -hmm. and the caps are like 50. Um, and then we're supposed to accept registrations based off of like first come first serve there are certain extenuating circumstances stuff like that but as an organizer to get all those emails (laughs) to click approve on all the oh my goodness dude what the heck? You had to plan your whole day around your registration open day. Right, right. Like you, you had to, if you waited, if you were five minutes late to your registration being open, um, <laughs> your whole, like people would sign up to the competition thinking that there was space, but not knowing that there's like right. 200 people that's just on the wait list right. because no one's clicking accept. Like it is right. so messed oh. up. Yeah, <laughs> so I
1: remember in, in, the, in the old days, the days before COVID, um you know like it was so much easier to be an organizer because you open registration and then within of the first couple hours you get you get a lot of people like registering in the first couple hours but it's first of all it's the first couple hours it's not the first couple minutes and even then like you can like more or less like quickly sift through them and figure out what's going on you can also just leave them just leave it for the next day you know you're busy just come back next day have a bit of time you can look through them pretty quickly and then after that you know there's maybe maybe just like one or two registrations roll in. And sometimes there's, they're like very straightforward, you know, the, the comparative registers, they put in whatever events they want. Uh, They've paid the registration fees. Okay. It's just done, except just go on. Like dude, you can do it very, very quickly. You can do it from your phone even. So I remember like those are like, I guess like comparatively way, way easier than having to deal with like a hundred, a hundred emails, 200 emails, people like, on the waitlist they don't know that they're on the waitlist you know having to deal with all of the all of the, the registration fees like sliding around here and there people get confused people having to cancel pulling people from the waitlist that sounds like a logistical nightmare mm-hmm.
0: yeah i mean i'm trying to think uh if there's a way to automate some of this i mean i guess that requires more like Programming and like restructuring the website, but. isn't
1: there a a setting where like you can auto accept people who pay I think
2: Really, I never Maybe there is that. maybe I'm just making this up. Well. Oh, no, no, no. I mean you're not I'm not saying you're wrong I'm just saying I don't know it and then knowing me there's many things. I don't know especially about website implementation mm-hmm. Like I'm very clueless about that stuff. So I mean you I mean I, I, I could yeah, be wrong. I, have no, I have no idea
1: But I just remember we used to do it by hand uh, yeah. a couple years ago, I mean, I would not be surprised if it's still done by hand, but I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's like one solution, right? It is like, you know, you have all these people registering obviously. Also the site takes a
2: huge, huge hit
1: whenever, oh my whenever registration Dude, opens.
2: That's the other problem. You'll just get emails and you'll get complaints from people. Dude, oh my God. Sorry. Because I, yeah. Go ahead. You can, you can explain it. So, go so ahead.
1: in case like, you know, you haven't been to a competition recently, uh, or tried to register for a competition at least basically like so let's say like it the competition opens at 5 pm okay great uh so usually what you would do is like you go onto the website you would just put in your information it's just like i want to register for these events and you hit register you pay the dues you're done the problem is with all of these people trying to access the website at around like you know the same the same like minute so there's there's just a lot of requests that are coming in and the, the server needs to you need to serve the, uh, need to serve the web page to everyone while keeping everyone like synchronized with what's happening, right? But you don't want to tell one person like, oh yeah, there's actually like ten spots, and the other person that there are actually zero spots when there are reality five spots, right? Like you, you don't want to have like the weird sync, like asynchronous issues. Um, so you you need to like give everybody the correct information of what's going on at every any given time. There's a lot of like back and forth happening. All of it leads to a ton, a ton of of lag. Nowadays, you want to hit register. If you do it one minute before, everything loads just fine. You know, it's your typical web page. No matter how good your internet speed, you want to do it one minute after, you're going to be stuck there for at least a minute, if not longer, just waiting for this page to load. Then you finally submit your registration. Then you have to wait for that to load. And all this time you're thinking, okay, like this has been loading for minutes. Did my registration yeah. go through or not? Then you have to wait for the payment. Then you have to wait for the payment to load. Then it's just like, okay, like, what is going on? I don't even know which parts of those steps of the registration failed, which didn't fail. You know, I've been sitting here for, for five minutes. What is going on? All of it, like, you know, it, you know, it might not be that bad at the end of the day, right? Like, it's just five minutes of your time. You know, you could go do something else. Go make yourself a sandwich or something. But it's, it's just a bad experience, right? It's a bad experience registering for a competition. It's just like, you expect it to be, it's all done online, you know? It's all done, at least at least submitting the registration, for, forget about getting it accepted or not, is all done electronically. There, there's no one that's like, is, there's no guy that's sitting there, it's like, okay, like, hello, person A? Okay, now, like, this has been officially submitted. So you expect it all to happen instantly, but when it doesn't happen, and you just see the stupid web page loading, it's just like, okay, like, what is going on? Which I think is really really bad, and I, I don't yeah. I don't know maybe I don't know what kind of steps the the WCA took to improve it. I don't know if they did anything. Maybe maybe they did. I have no idea.
0: I mean, yeah, just listening to this, it does sound like a like a self perpetuating problem because I know that when a website lags for me, I'll try to refresh it, but then right. mm-hmm. that adds yeah. more calls to the work. website. It's yeah. another so it's like a snowballing I thing. I mean. I'm just sort of like brainstorming just out their ideas and what I'm thinking now is the main problem is that everyone is trying to get in right at like 5.01pm, like right, right. at the, the, like when the clock hits. I wonder if there's some way to like stagger it out so it's like people whose last name starts with A, you register at like 5 o'clock and then if it's B then it's like 5.01. <laughs> right. I so was thinking about two. this. Like somehow just oh man. Like what is the solution,
1: right? Like, like is there a solution? Like, is it maybe like okay, like the number of people who bookmark the page versus don't bookmark the page, or like you know we're only going to accept uh, like fifty submissions in the first ten minutes, or like yeah, well like is there a solution? Yeah, maybe.
2: Well, I didn't want to assume, but I would imagine the easiest way to make it non-exclusionary in a sense. Expand the server size. I'm not sure what that necessarily means. Like, yeah, pay more for more of a domain or something like that. I don't know how it works. Is that an option? I feel
0: like it should be because I'm thinking there aren't more than, okay, I mean, this is a lot, but I, I can't imagine there's more than like 300 people trying to fit into like a 100 person comp. And I feel like most major websites should easily be able to handle like even 300 people at once. But I am saying like major website in quotes. So I don't know what is happening with the WCA website behind the scenes, and and like whether they're they have their own servers or they're like renting out like AWS or something. I don't right, know.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, but and, if it's and it by is, the way,
1: yeah. not not to diss on the software team, the software team makes yeah. a lot of lot, lot of really really cool stuff. Everything is made by the software team. It's just like a Can't problem we... that they were not built to deal with, right? It... <laughs> and they're
2: volunteered yeah, <laughs> yeah that's <laughs> like no, yeah. they're working for free guys <laughs> yeah they're just putting
0: in like out of a you know a passion project you know they built this thing that survived for what mm-hmm. uh 15 20 years at this point Most and it has been making like
1: a, a lot of improvements right it's like yeah i remember it's you remember, very good i mean remember the old competition websites right where you you'd have to do it. You couldn't even do it on the WCA website. You would have to like link the WCA website page would just be a link basically to another website where you would actually submit the registration. Regist- yeah. It would all appear there. It was, I mean, that's just how it was done in the day, but like looking back at it now, it's like, why would we do that? Like, obviously it just <laughs> makes it makes sense. Everything just happened on the website, but obviously that took a lot of work.
2: Well, I mean, just something else Carrie, to highlight uh, the experience that Manu was talking about it wasn't only the people that were looking to register, but it was the experience that the organizers were experiencing when we tried to go in to accept the registrations, we couldn't open the page. Um, and the other right. issue is people trying to register for other comps or people just trying to browse the competition page on the WCA. Yeah. Right? You couldn't open the website, <laughs> it was really bad. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I'm, yeah, yeah. No, that makes sense because the website just being used by
0: a lot of people at once. But yeah. I am imagining that the people who are just like browsing their website, if you like graph, you know, the um, activity over time it should be like pretty constant throughout the day, yeah. but then you get these huge spikes, maybe like every every hour, like on the like, what do you call it? Top of the hour when some competitions will open.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um,
1: yeah. Makes sense.
0: Yeah. I was yeah, trying to think
1: of I, something. I guess if you just about... waved
0: a wand and had more servers that would help, but like obviously it's not as simple as just yeah i don't
1: know and the thing is i'm not sure if we will have issues like this in the future because as we've been mentioning like cubing is growing right one good thing about cubing growing is that there are more competitions which is which i think is a good thing you know more more opportunities for people to get in the scene but one thing that is not growing is or at least is not growing i think at the same pace is major competitions like size so we're talking like um, national championships uh continental championships world championships right i think uh um, right i think world 2023 is supposed to be only like thousand limit whereas like if it were held in chicago i think it was going to be like two thousand or something or it was going to be it was going to be larger in any case like the clearly we, we are not the Cuban community is not scaling at the same rate as the world's capacity so i'm i don't know this is just a total sur- like i'm totally surmising here it seems like at some point we might reach a point where it's like okay like a lot of people want to register for worlds nats continental championships and there isn't that much space people know that there isn't that much space so then okay everyone's gonna try and get in on the first minute to try and secure their own spot but then that you know we're gonna have all these problems again which may or may not like i feel like that's something that we might need to deal with so i I don't know there might be a solution maybe there isn't a solution maybe we just need to beef up the compute power right i mean
0: i I feel like once you get to sort of the 2000 person level you just start running out of venues that can even fit that many people True. and also like the fact that um judges and runners have to like call people's names if you're like calling across a giant i guess like for worlds people have like the listed um what do you call it like a station that you have to go to to compete so it's not like they're just being called out of the blue mm-hmm. but i think when you have too many people and you're trying to hunt down this one competitor who hasn't showed up yet like it's that doesn't scale very well to that yeah. Many people yeah i don't so, know maybe it's
1: maybe it's a non-concern maybe at that point you know cubing has become big enough to the point where we can just buy we can just get more expensive venues which have a lot more yeah. people maybe maybe you know in 40 years or something, instead of having, like, a 2,000-person Worlds, we'll have, like, a 10,000-person Worlds. Okay, that's probably ridiculous, <sighs> but, I mean, that would be amazing to see, right? 10,000 people I mean, yeah. competing at Worlds, and th- those this are competitors. Is,
2: yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, with the, uh, the Worlds capacity, I mean, you could make an argument that in theory of how Worlds works that um, why would we increase the competitor cap? Because there's qualifications to them as well. Right, And then like you have to be at a certain caliber to compete. So you could even argue that you could keep Worlds that way. But I remember in a previous podcast, I brought the idea of of maybe separating what a Worlds is and a convention kind of deal. Mm. So maybe you could make that open registration, the, uh, I don't know, in a future, 100,000 person registration limit, which is like ridiculous. You can make it a convention and then make Worlds the Worlds. Um, and I guess in terms of growth, um, You know, there's a lot of things that you could do, but, I mean, that's where I come back to Twitch. We could do, like, e-broadcast, for example. We could turn it into an e-sport. There's a lot of fun stuff um, when you get to that level, but... um,
1: Yeah, this is a little far in the future. Yeah, a little bit far
2: in the future. Uh, It's a little bit off-topic, but, I mean, that's where growth is headed, so it's not quite (laughs) off-topic, per se. Sure, I'll take it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I don't know. I think this was... um, I don't really have anything else to mention about registration overflow to you guys.
1: Yeah, I think we covered a lot of the main points, a lot of the a lot of the bad things. Hopefully, the one thing you take away from this episode, competition overflow is bad. Well, we, we bad when it's like overflows instantly. Obviously it's fine to have like wait, wait lists and stuff, but uh, you know, we, we don't want people thinking that like, okay, like this is their one and only chance and stuff like that. We, in other yeah. words, we want to like, I guess, kind of decrease the value of a registration spot.
0: Yeah, yeah. Just Not make it so this intense, is, like make or break.
2: Yeah. Yeah, this is like um, a little bit of an organizer delegate deep dive, a little bit of how we feel about the situation, how we deal with it, but also just <clears throat> in general, um, this is not a forever problem. Like I said, I don't think this is going to be a problem as we have more competitions. Um, as we, you know, roll back into full steam ahead with the whole, you know, the country, the World Cube Association, the whole. I don't think this is gonna be an issue forever, and we're just gonna have our consistent growth that we had pre-COVID as well, even faster than maybe pre-COVID. Yeah, maybe even faster, and that's a good thing. So yeah, we're getting we're getting there, guys. Yeah, I have faith. All right, so I guess that's it, guys. Thank you for listening to Over Inspected episode twelve. I can twelve yeah. yes. episode. Oh, I think 12. so. At this point, we're. I just realized if you made if you made it this far guys you guys are real ogs shout out to all your subs if you haven't subbed sub if you haven't clicked like on this smash the like button please all right (laughs) and this is over inspected deuces over and out goodbye i guess i'm going
0: with the basic